This episode of Fusion and Hockey Podcast is sponsored by Sandborn's Boys. This new sports novel by Benji Mellaris is available on Amazon. Order your copy of Sandborn's Boys today. Hi, Tessé. Hey, Alex. Today is November 3rd. It's a very special day for you. Yes, it is. It's do, my... Do, 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 hey. do, 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 Happy birthday to you. Thank you. Snaps all around. Let's go. Let's go. 18 today. So now I can drink my sorrows away legally when they lose to the wild again. Wow. Perfect. It's the yeah. best part about turning 18. It's exactly. also our first. It's also our first episode in November. Yes, it is. All right, there's, October's finally over. October's over. First there's month a, of the season down. There's a, a comedian who had a a funny bit about November. He said everyone. It was Michael McIntyre. He's British. That everyone spends the entire month of November going. I can't believe it's November. Can you believe it's November? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's uh, no. I can totally relate to that one. Yep. Uh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. So Montreal had a, uh, it was looking like a great week, but it was really, it really was. It was looking like oh. a, a four-game win streak, and then they blew a tire last night. Yeah, I was, I was convinced that they were gonna, they were gonna go uh, undefeated on the week. Yeah, I, I really thought so too. I thought we were gonna come on, and uh, I was gonna be absolutely elated with a four-game win streak. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, Dallas got the better of them, four-one. Yeah, for uh, for a couple days there after they they beat Vegas. They were sitting in third place in the division. Yeah, I saw that. Ahead of the Leafs, ahead and of I don't the Panthers, think, the Lightning. I don't, think been in a, I don't think they'd been in a divisional spot at all at any point last year. So that was fun to see for a couple yeah, days. Yeah, it, it was a nice it was a nice fresh look, you know? Uh, yeah, definitely exactly. felt good for a few Ooh, days. I could get used to this. Yeah, me too. Exactly. Now they're not sitting in a playoff spot, unfortunately, you know? Unfortunately. <sighs> so they beat the Coyotes 4-1 in yep. Arizona the awesome. night before Halloween. Yep. Uh, they actually they scored within the first minute and a half of the period in each three in each of the three periods. Yeah, I've seen that happen quite a bit now. Eh? Like they, they start the periods off quite fast. Uh, yeah, you've seen a bunch awesome. of times where they just score within the first minute, first two minutes, and it's it's looking great. But my problem is they is that they they seem to uh, I don't know get tired or something near the end of the periods, and that's what they seem to like taper off. That's what I seem to yeah. notice so far. It, it happened a couple points I think also that they've given up goals in the last minute of a period. Exactly. Yeah, that's which what has I'm been saying. their problem in the past too. Yeah. So that that Arizona game was uh, was Brendan Gallagher's 500th career game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you saw Arizona actually acknowledged it. In, oh yeah. Uh, in, in arena, yes. Congratulations oh, to Brendan Gallagher. Well, that's that nice wasn't classic. Really yeah. Uh, 500 games is a lot. It is, eh? And it's, it's, it's... it still feels because like we're probably like fans who are older than us are probably they're used to it more but like now we're going to start seeing these players that that we've really seen their whole careers hitting these big milestones you know yeah yeah i know what you mean i mean like yeah 500 is a lot of games i mean it's like what like eight seasons and you have to be completely healthy for all of them it seems Halfway like we do a thousand yeah exactly and like it seems like we've seen gallagher forever right like basically our our entire Habs fan career he's been on the team no well, uh, what i was saying is that i can remember a time before he was on the team you can yeah, yeah. I, he yeah, his rookie year can. was his rookie year was the lockout shortened year, right? And yeah, well, yeah. The mm-hmm. year before that, they finished last in the East and drafted Galchenyuk. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. It just it just seems that he's so he's so integral to the identity of the team that I barely remember a time before him. You know? Yeah, he's the second longest tenured one on the team after nice. Price. Right. Yeah. No, that's 
I don't know if, if you it, know this, but yeah. I was actually at uh, Gallagher's third career NHL game. Oh, yeah? How did it go? And witnessed his first career goal. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, uh, they, were, it was the, they played the Devils, mm-hmm. and they won 4-3 in overtime on the winning goal by Andre Markov. Wow. What, a, what an absolute snipe. Did, yeah, you, see, probably... uh, did you see Markov? Uh, he signed uh, with a Russian team recently. still playing. Yeah, of course he's still playing, yeah. Yeah, still, still motoring uh, on. Yeah, I still remember that from that Devils game. That third line was Alex Galchenyuk at center between Brendan Gallagher and Brandon Prust. Uh, that was the third line. Yeah, that's a that's a pretty good third line looking back on it, you know. Yeah, well, Gallagher and Galchenyuk were both rookies at that point. Right, right. Yeah, but it was a lot of Galchenyuk got two assists that game. It's lots of fun. Okay, so uh, moving on to the second game of the week, we saw mm-hmm. them come back against Vegas, nice. uh, one of my least favorite teams in the league. Uh, so I was happy uh, to see that. Let's go. Let's because go. I don't, Vegas is actually my second favorite team. Yeah, so you may I'll, know. Yeah, I, yeah, a bit of a conflict for you. Uh, maybe, barely. But, barely, okay, but still. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm just so happy with Vegas. You know, I've, I absolutely despise the team. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a great team effort. I mean, uh, they, they were down at certain points by two goals, I think. Uh, yeah, they were down like all game. Left. Six minutes left. And then they score a couple. Uh, the last one with under two minutes left, and they went into overtime. Uh, so, you know, that's just uh, that's the kind of good team, uh, good team win against uh, an excellent team uh, that you love to see. You know, I don't remember who said it. Someone said it was the the most fun Canadians West Coast game in like the past thirty years. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it hasn't been a great stretch for uh, against the West Coast for the Habs, especially in it never really is. Yeah, especially California. I mean, they haven't won, what, against San Jose in like nine years? No, no, they haven't won in San Jose right. since like the 20th century. Oh, God, that's, that's absurd. I mean... I know. Well, yeah, like, there was a... Str- well, they wouldn't go there every year before this new, the new divisional format, but still. Yeah, no, but still, like, that's... Before the 20th century, that's like 20 years of futility. Uh, it's uh-huh. pretty bonkers. So, so after that night, they were in third place in the division. Yeah, they were ahead of the struggling Leafs. And then Saturday, Montreal lost, and Toronto won, and Florida won, and now they're not in a playoff spot once again. Boo. Um, but I'm telling you, this team, I keep saying it over and over, they look like a playoff team to me. They do. They do, eh? It's, it's, it's great. I'm having mm-hmm. lots of fun. And this is probably the most fun I've had watching the Habs. They're just so excited. Really? Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, probably. Now just imagine the cold Caulfield shows up. Oh, that will be sick. Honestly, but, like, when that, every... when that whole prospect group, you know, including Paling and Nick Suzuki develops more and Kale Flurry develops more and Cole, Cole Caulfield comes in, I mean, it's going to be so exciting. Like, even now, it's really exciting, right? But, like, it's going to be even another level when they, when Honestly, they get into the like, league. This year, um, as I watch the Canadians, my subconscious is just the whole time, like, this is the very end of the pre Cole Caulfield era. And I'm watching it with that that notion in my head the whole time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's and even now it's even without Caulfield, it's 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 great. It's going great for me. Uh, yeah. But yeah, just imagine an elite goal scorer. Except yesterday and the Minnesota yeah, game. Yeah. But other than that, you know, it, you're it's still stuck on the Minnesota game from two I, weeks I'm ago. I'm still extremely sour about that Minnesota game, man. It's the Minnesota Wild for crying out loud. You lose against them, I'm never letting it go ever. I'm sour. I'm sour about that Detroit game from the first week they lost in regulation. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, that was brutal too. <laughs> a few questionable losses, you know. But uh, it, it, I, the, the Vegas, the Vegas win is, uh, 
Makes me happy though, you know? Yeah. All right. Uh, so Radulov scored yesterday. Yeah, he's been on a, a bit of a tear. Yeah, I miss him a lot. Yeah, eh? We only had him for, for one year, but but he was he was so I feel like we had him for longer than that. Because if I remember yeah. it was. He was probably maybe one of the most maybe the most fun forward to watch in like the past little while for the Canadians. Yeah, no, he had the personality and he had the talent to go with it. Uh, you mm-hmm. remember that goal against the Rangers in the playoffs? Yeah, uh-huh. In game two. Uh, that was game ab- two winning goal. It was absolutely insane. Great uh, moment. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the highlight of my uh, Habs fan career. Really? Goal. Yeah. Your favorite was, goal? Yeah, maybe, maybe mine too. Yeah, because uh, in, our, in our lives, there hasn't been that much success, right, at all. Really? Uh, especially since we've followed them uh, closely. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's, that's got definitely up there. Uh, Radulov, yeah. It, it sucks. Remember the, the whole signing saga? Uh, with Mark Bergevin. Uh huh. Well, Radulov, that that one only lasted like three days. Well, no, no, it didn't because it started like in January, but but mm-hmm. he was only a free agent for three days. Yeah, but uh, what was it? They the Dallas gave him an offer. Montreal said they matched him, but by then it was too late. Right? They didn't want to give him the money. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that they had the same they had the same offer on the table, but he chose Dallas. Probably something to do with state tax, right? Yeah, something like that. That's, that's the excuse we can use. Yeah, exactly. That's how we make ourselves feel better, right? It wasn't managerial incompetence. It was the tax system. Hmm. Well, no, it kind of, it definitely was. What? Because was, yeah, yeah, like no. in, in January, I think they had an opportunity to, to lock him down for that same deal or maybe something even shorter and cheaper, and they didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that one, that one still sting. Yeah, no, I was, I was just kind of being sarcastic there. It was, it was... Bergevin really kind of bungled that. Yeah. I know. And lost Markov, too. Yeah. Well, I, I don't feel so bad about the Markov. He's getting gold. I, I mean, he wanted too much money. I, I get that, that point, he was a darling, but, like, you know. At that point for Markov, though, like, if you sign him for one more year, like, like I don't know, five million bucks, then that's, he was their best left shot defenseman. Yeah, I guess you got a point there, but still, you know, like, I mean, it's not like they were contending that year either or anything. You didn't. Uh, they just won the they, division. Yeah, well, maybe they needed a cap space later on. It was a guy who was like, how old was he before? Like 37? So yeah, like, about that. Yeah, so I don't know if you want... Because once you get to that kind of age, that cliff, is it can come at any time, right? And, and if you're paying a guy, even if it's for one year, like you pay him $5 million, it kind of like, it kind of ha- like, it handcuffs you for the trade deadline if you want to make a big splash, which they didn't. But, you know, it, it, it eliminates the option. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I understand not signing them though. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, they well once Mark once they decided not to sign Markov, then uh, they tried to replace him with Mark Streit. <laughs> Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh yeah, that makes sense because they terminated his contract after like a week and a half. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Uh, Mark Streit, yeah. second so, stint uh, with the team, right? That was. What? That yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Second stint with the team. Yeah. Okay. He was drafted. I I just learned this recently. There, I guess there was some old draft rule that doesn't exist anymore. They drafted Mark Streit when he was 26 years old. Wow, what? No way. He was, he was like an eighth-round pick, and he was 26 years old. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Yeah. 26. <laughs> and he still made it to the NHL. Well, yeah, uh, because, well, if you're going to draft someone when they're 26, you better be sure they're going to make it to the NHL. Yeah, no, that's, 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 that's wild. I've never heard of that. I've never heard of anything even close to 26. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it doesn't exist anymore. 
Yeah, no, I've only heard like 22 and younger. 22 yeah, the is like are, the double, double the over The oldest ones are right? 22, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, so there was a penalty shot yesterday. Normally, I'm like, when people are like, oh, bad call. I'm like, yeah, penalty shots are fun. Like, even looking at it objectively, but but that was, that was, call was very weak. It was, eh? Especially for, I mean, I get, maybe it was, it was like a penalty, but penalty shot, ah, eh, that's kind of questionable, you know? It was, no. Not even a penalty. He was like a little tap, and he still got a, a shot off. Kinda. Yeah. Well, I from the rest perspective, I, I still see kind of the penalty, but like the penalty shot is kind of it's absurd if you ask me. Well, if you're gonna call a penalty when they're on a breakaway, yeah. then well, yeah, I guess you got that, a point. That's what a penalty shot is. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, in that case, I wouldn't call a penalty at all. You're right. Uh, it was it was a weak call, and it uh-huh. totally changed the tide of the game. Right. It gave him the three nothing lead. Uh, that, that was the two nothing. Two nothing lead. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but at the end of this, but it still, it kind of felt like it was over at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they they looked flat out of the gate. Like you saw their penalty, their, their power play last night. It was over five. Uh, oh, the power play was terrible. It was awful. Oh it, it, man, it looked like last year's. It was even worse. <laughs> yeah, Mike, it was, Mike Riley yeah. was quarterbacking at one point. Ah, I, I don't even understand that. Um, like basically, you name any other defenseman that was playing last night. Uh, even Brett Kulak, who was on the. Was in the press box. Probably would have been a better court play, uh, power play quarterback than Mike Riley. Makes Not no ben sense. Chirot. Everyone but Ben Sherrod. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> Everyone but Eggs Benny. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Dennis Gurianov scored another goal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you, Dennis Gurianov was Dallas draft him twelfth overall in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Right. Right before those infamous Boston three picks in a row. Uh, that's fun. And I don't think Dallas gets enough flack for uh, for taking him. Who Well, like, he had a good game yesterday, but he's kind of an up and down in the minors in the NHL for the better right, part. Yeah. He's been a bust for... Uh, Two for, years. For mid-round, mid-first round. Uh, and and I that was well, kind of a reach, just, too. It was, but I don't think... I think it's just overshadowed by the Boston picks because they were so bad, right? Yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so you mentioned Brett Kulak. I did. Being scratched for the third game in a row. Earlier oh, earlier on in the year, in like our second or third episode, I I was upset about Kel Flurry being scratched. Uh-huh. This one makes me more upset. Oh really? Yeah. Uh-huh. Because yeah. Brett Kulak Brett Kulak is definitely the second best left shot defenseman on the maybe even the best. Maybe even better than Mete. Yeah. And, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put him ahead of Mete, but still, definitely the second best uh, on that side of the ice. He always makes his partners better, whoever he plays with. Mm-hmm. The first He was playing with Kale Fleury on the bottom pair, and that was great. And when he plays with Petrie, Petrie is, you know, his best Petrie. And the players like that are, they're so valuable. And I know even though they were 2-1 and one this week without him, that doesn't mean doesn't, anything. Yeah, it doesn't justify. I mean, it wasn't that one, who was it? Was it Mike Riley that's playing ahead of him now? Yeah, yeah. That, that Mike Riley didn't change the course of the the, the Arizona game or anything, right? Um, well, he's been fine, Mike Riley, but he's not Brett Kulak, is what we're saying. He doesn't drive. Uh, he doesn't drive the defensive pairing or help or you know. If it were my choice, I'd scratch Ben Sherratt, but yeah, but you, I don't think you can sign. Uh, you can bench, bench, bench Ben Sherratt at this point. Yeah, I understand, but so I'd still Off have him instead of instead of Mike Riley. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, Claude Julier with his uh, his questionable lineup decision sometimes with that uh, the D- decor this year. 
Yeah, but after after having to suffer through Michelle Therrien for so long, I barely notice. Yeah, not even just Michelle Therrien, but the, was it Jacques Martin before him? Oh, that was way back. Yeah, that was that was pre. You remember him, but you don't remember pre Gallagher. That was pre Gallagher. Yeah, no, I know. I I I still I still remember uh, Jacques Martin though. Mm, uh, they had a they had Randy Cunnyworth for for half a season. <laughs> I remember that he couldn't speak French. Yeah, and everyone was all mad about that. Yeah, eh, well. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if that's worth being mad about, but uh, yeah, he was he was the interim coach too. It wasn't even the wasn't yeah, even he the was. full coach, right? Yeah, so yeah. called him up from the AHL. Is that what it was? It was the from the AHL. Yeah, he he came from uh, Hamilton. Yeah, it was Hamilton at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so we can move off of the Canadians now, yeah. I guess. You want to move we... into the Taves schedule? Uh sure, we'll do that. So okay. uh, so you want to explain it? Okay. Um, so. Uh, in an interview with, uh, I think, someone from The Athletic, it was, uh-huh. uh, Jonathan Taves uh, sent, uh, you know, expressed his uh, desire for propo- a new uh, proposal for uh, the schedule. Uh, so he complained a lot about, you know, travel time and a lot of time spent on planes, right? And he says that has a lot of wear, that, you know, aids in the, wear, it contributes to the wear and tear of the players over the course of an 82-game season, right? So he proposed a new schedule where, uh, teams would play kind of like baseball. You know, they would play uh, the same team uh, at home, for example, for, say, three games in a row. They'd play, like the Habs would play the Senators uh, for three games in a row. Not necessarily three nights in a row, uh, but just three games in a row. Uh, in Definitely Montreal. not three nights in a row. No, no, no. But uh, <laughs> so you'd have, like, uh, you know, like, like a week where you'd play the same team, uh, yeah. for example. And, uh, you know, there's been some debate on Twitter about it. Uh, and uh, some people are against it. A lot of purists are like, no, this is garbage. We can't possibly have this. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, uh, well, I think the only reason it wouldn't really work out is because of arena availability. Right. But that's like that's the only downside I can see with it. Because like, also, not, not just with like player fatigue and whatnot, the carbon footprint would drastically go down with less flying time. Exactly. Yeah, it helps the environment too. It helps everything. Yeah. And then there was, there was one, one thing I saw, like, oh... Like teams will want to not just have like one big event where like you know Sidney Crosby's in town this week and then never again for the rest of the year. But I think that'd be awesome. If Hell yeah! You, if I you mean, have like, yeah, if you have like two points throughout the year where like the Penguins and Flyers play each other, then that's like a big event. Exactly, and I think it it also helps the rivalry because like you see a team once. And then you wait a month to see them again. I mean, the, the hate doesn't really build up as you see it in the playoffs, right? The playoffs, you play the same team over and over, and then you start to hate them, right? You exactly. want to build rivalries. The NHL wants to build rivalries. Well, why don't you put them three games in a row? And then you start to really build, you know, the, 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 you know, the conflict between the two teams. I think this is worth at least, like, trying to do a little bit of, you know? Like, you don't have to go all in like, like this one. But, but maybe, like, at some points throughout the year, you can have these... Like maybe two or three, like uh, you know, three game series against one team at home. Yeah, and you see how it works. And honestly, I think it'll work. Because, I think it would. Uh, work. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, I don't see that many. Do- I don't like. I think the downsides that you mentioned, like like uh, like was it arena availability? It can be yeah. resolved easily because what it just means that there's more available nights in a row for other events. You know what I mean? Because it's still 42 games at home. It's not like we're increasing the number of games, right? So yeah, but they're uh, like you know other sports and like car events and concerts and you think that they're going to really that's that's a lot to to manage like the nhl from what i can tell is like all right whatever the available nights are nhl 
well, you can have those, you know? Not right. that I'm an expert on how, how scheduling for, for big arenas works. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it, 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 again, we're not playing every night. So, like, if we're still playing every other night, we, we see homestands already in the league, right? So, it's not mm-hmm. like it's, it's not possible. It's not like we don't have, I don't know, like, 10-game homestands. Those still happen. Yeah, so with the athletic, Dom Lecision is the one who uh, who spent, like, the, the last month trying to, like, figure out the schedule and how it would work. Mm-hmm. I haven't really looked. In the article, which I guess we shouldn't talk about because, you know, it's behind a paywall. Right. But the, he showed just the the Blackhawks version of this this mock schedule, mm-hmm. and it was interesting to look at. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a snapshot of that mm-hmm. uh, because it was like Dallas, 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 Colorado, Colorado, Colorado. Fly to Arizona for one game, go back home. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah, the, you look at that one game and it's it's nothing compared to what they do right now, right? They hop around city to city to city. Uh, exactly. So. It greatly reduces their uh, travel. One of the biggest complaints Taves had was that, like, you'd fly to play the Rangers for mm-hmm. one game, then go home, and then, like, a month later, you'd fly back to play the Devils and go back home, and then fly back two months later to play the Islanders or whatever. Right, right. You, yeah, yeah. And it doesn't, like, you know, it doesn't check out logically. No, it doesn't. And especially for the teams that are in the middle time zone and, uh, you know, a bunch of the Pacific teams, right? Is it... The, the, it's just also like, uh, you know, the, t- the time change that they have to deal with a lot, especially when they visit the East Coast. It yeah. definitely gives them a big disadvantage, too. There is on you. You know who's going to have it really bad for the uh, the time zones in oh. a couple of years is the Coyotes. Because when Seattle joins the league, the Coyotes are going to be shifted into the Central Division. Oh, no, that's true, eh? And all those teams are, uh, yeah, they're two hours ahead. Yeah, two hours or, or one, depending on the time of year. Because right. Arizona doesn't do daylight savings, mm-hmm. which we've just had today. Look at that daylight hey, saving. Got a twenty-five hour birthday now. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we can talk about uh, there was a there was a pretty big transaction over the past week. Mm-hmm. Which one? A trade? Nashville. Ex- oh, Yossi. Or, or a signing? Okay. Yeah, not yeah. the trade. Yeah, yeah. So Nashville signed Roman Yossi to an eight-year extension. Yes, they about did. About nine million bucks. Mm. It was like nine million fifty nine thousand because of his jersey number. Of course, of course, of course, of course. So, what was your initial reaction? Uh, so it, it, I had separate reactions to the term and, and the cost. Uh, I looked at the nine million dollars and I thought, hey, that's 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 a bit cheaper than what I thought it would be. You know, uh, for yeah. someone of his caliber. I mean, he's one of the what top three, top five defensemen uh, in the five. league right now. Uh, and he's getting like $2 million less than Dowdy, for example, or $2 million less than Carlson. Uh, and so, you know, that that's, I'd call that like fair or even a bit under market value in terms of annual value of look annual uh, salary uh, compared yeah. to how he's producing right now. But my issue, right, is it kicks in next year. He's 29 now. He'll be 30 when it kicks in. Uh, and it's eight years. So it's going to take him until he's 38. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I think that's a bit problematic. He'll come to bite them. But uh, the, not, the Predators' windows right now. Uh, so uh, and, and this is their chance to win a cup uh, the next couple of years uh, for, for, the, for the foreseeable future because they've, they've got a stacked team right now. Uh, and they've got, you know, a cap crunch coming up. So, you know what? If they're going for it, they're going for it. They had to retain him. They, they couldn't lose the guy, right? Uh, exactly. If they were going to go for a cup. So... I don't. I don't think it's a terrible deal. I don't even think it's a bad deal. I think it's it's an all right deal uh, for for an absolute elite defenseman. 
Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. If it was anything less than eight years, I would have been pretty surprised. Yeah. yeah I mean, because, this guy was so underpaid, right? Yeah, he was making like four million bucks for the past however many years. Mm-hmm. And like, obviously, eight years, he's going to be 37. It won't look good at that point. No. But when you're, when you're this good, like if, if he had agreed to like a five or six year deal, that would have looked so good for David Poyle. And oh, it would have looked, looked incredible. It would have looked like Yossi was doing them a favor. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, like you were saying, uh, they didn't really have a choice with Yossi. Yeah. Because unless Yossi decided, no, I want to leave, mm-hmm. then you're not going to get good value for him in a trade. Exactly. So you've got to, uh, you got to keep him and you got to sign him for, for what he wants. And if he wants his jersey number and his contract, you got to do that. Yeah. So uh, $9 million, it really doesn't look that bad. Especially like you're, when you put it next to Dowdy, which is a terrible contract. Yeah, no and, kidding. And, and Eric Carlson, who like can't even pivot to the left anymore, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think what's the I think Yossi is like now with those. Uh, he's like the third highest paid defenseman in the NHL. Yeah, or something like that. Is I think he, so. Behind Carlson and Dowdy. Uh, yeah, I, I can look that up. Uh huh. So Petrangelo is also going to be. Uh, he's up at the end of the year. So do you think his contract is going to look a lot like this? I mean, if he if he gets something like this, I think it's a bit of an overpayment. Uh, overpay? Yeah, overpay. I, I, maybe I'm underrating uh, Alex Petrangelo, but I don't... Uh, I think he's not... like He's maybe like half a tier under Roman Yossi. I just think Roman Yossi is that good. I think he's, yeah, top two, maybe, defense in the league. I might rather have Petrangelo on my team. Oh, really? Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, you know, Yossi kind of like, he's always had, a, you know, great partners for his whole career, which can really help. But Tarantula's had, like, Jay Bowmeister. That's since true. Since Dunn. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Yeah, and he, you know, just won a Stanley Cup, too, as the top defenseman. That counts for that counts for a lot. Yeah. That's, so yeah, I think he know. might end up, like, he'll probably sign for eight years, too, maybe, like, in the nine and a half range. Mm. That's my prediction. Okay. Okay. Uh... Well, how well, old is that? Uh, the Blues, how, how old is they're, they're, they're the same age. Okay. All right. Trent, yes, they were in the same draft year. All right. Uh, so, by the way, he is the third highest paid defenseman uh, behind Yossi? Dowdy Carlson. Yeah, Yossi. Yeah, and I think Burns is... Uh, Subban is nine. Yeah, Subban is nine. Burns and, is uh, eight. Who am I missing? Uh, yeah, Carlson Truba. also eight. Jacob Truba. Oh, yeah, Truba. Is that eight? Uh, Ekman Larson is at 8.25. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, those those are the highest paid defensemen right now. Yeah, makes sense. Makes mm-hmm. sense. So uh, Tarasenko, I was gonna say, we're talking about the Blues. Yeah, is out for five months, which is basically until the playoffs. Well, that's the thing. It's not he's not out for five months. They're gonna reevaluate him at five months. Yes, yes. So they're not even gonna think. Uh, they're not even gonna like examine him for basically for five like like reassess his uh his status. So what was it that he what was it that uh he he injured again? I don't remember. Was it his hand? Uh, I'm or, not sure. But either way, it's it's a huge loss for the Blues, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, they, their playoff their playoff chances take a hit with this. I mean, he's he's such a vital member of their uh, team. It's a shoulder uh, injury, by the way. Shoulder, yeah, that was yeah. a shoulder surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, St. Louis is first in their division right now. Mm-hmm. I think they're they're doing all right without him for for the time being. Right. I remember. I feel because I feel like they're gonna be able to stay afloat because I don't know. It just feels like like Tarasenko. He kind of like 
after they got Ryan O'Reilly last year, his pressure and responsibility were really dialed back. Right. Yeah. So I feel like this won't maybe be as big as a of a loss to the Blues as it seems like it would be. Uh, I don't know. I don't think you can really understate the how this this hits them really hard. I mean, a player of his caliber. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna look at the Blues in a bit and their roster without him. But I, I don't. Line I, up right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think I can see the Blues even contending for a cup this year if they don't have Tarasenko back. Uh. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's a different story from just making the playoffs and staying right. afloat till he comes back in April. But I don't. I don't. I don't think he's gonna come back. To be totally honest, I think he's done for the year. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Well, well, do you have, do you have anything to base that on, or you're just because uh, of the language know, of reevaluation? I think it's the it's the it's the language of reevaluation. I mean, look, it's five months from now. You're already in April, right? The playoffs have already playoffs are basically starting the next week, and uh, so and they reevaluate him. Say he they give him like two three weeks after the reevaluation. Uh, even then, like it might be too late. They might be gone already by the time he's ready to come back. I feel like it's the kind of thing where, like, if the Blues are in the playoffs and, like, the playoffs are about to start and Tarasenko's at, like, 80, 85%, they'll be like, all right, ready to go, playoff time, you know? And he'll be, like, ready to go magically for game one. Yeah. I mean, hockey's like that sometimes. I, yes. I, I personally, I think it's crazy for him to come back, uh, even at 85% from a, like, this is a major shoulder surgery, right? If you're, if you're yeah, out exactly. for five months. I wouldn't risk it. He's got what four years left on his contract. Oh, I He's... wouldn't. I wouldn't want to bring him back if he weren't completely ready to be healthy either. Right. Um, so, I have the blue the blues lines pulled up right now. Mm-hmm. Normally, Tarasenko plays with uh, Braden Shen and Jaden Schwartz. Now yeah. taking his spot on that on that top line is Sammy Blay. Oh, okay. Uh huh. Who's yeah. uh? He's got five goals so far this year. Yeah, good for him. Uh, yeah. I guess we'll see. Uh, I mean, he's he's supposedly a breakout candidate for the year, right? So we'll uh-huh, see yeah. how he performs. Yeah. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly is centering David Perron and Zach Sanford. Okay. So Alex, then was third it line. Perron that got, was it Perron that got bumped up? Uh, I think it was no. It was, uh, I think that line's been together like the whole. T- it was Sammy Blay who got. Oh right. Okay. Uh, yeah. r- 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 from like the fourth line or or whatever. So. The third line also stayed together. It's Alex Steen, Tyler Bozak, Robert Thomas. Yeah. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And oh, then no the, the bottom line, Mackenzie McEachern, one of my favorite names. Yeah. Ivan Barbashev and Oscar Sundquist. Okay. So and, they're not they're not screwed, but it's just it's still a huge loss. Yeah, there's there's still a playoff team. Yeah, no, I look at this I look at this forward core, they're still definitely a playoff team. But uh it's just yeah, if they go into the playoffs without him, I, I don't give them much of a chance. Even though I said they wouldn't make the playoffs in our first episode, but whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah, well, we'll totally disregard that, right? Yeah, we'll uh, forget about it. Okay. Uh, the Avalanche of, are also dealing with yeah. bad injuries. They are. Um, so it was... So they had probably... They, uh, they no, not McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon's the only one left in that line now. Yeah, which is one of the best lines in the NHL. Yeah. And now uh, two-thirds of them are out. We talked about Randon's injury last week. Yeah, we did. Landis, yeah, Landeskog is out too. Is he uh, so, week to week or... Uh, I don't remember. Okay, I don't remember what the what injury is at all. He's on the IR. Okay, okay, that's so you know it's uh, for a while, for a bit. Yeah, for a bit. They played for the Coyotes bit. last night. I'm pretty sure they lost. Okay, I'm gonna pull that up now just to to make sure I'm not you know. And they lost with... to the Stars too, right? The night before. Did they? Yeah, uh, they did a couple nights ago. 
Yeah, they didn't score against the Coyotes. They lost 3 nothing. Oh, okay. That's not good. Yeah, so after a hot start for Colorado, that kind of makes sense that you fall off after losing maybe your second and third best player. Yeah, no kidding. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really rough. Uh, I look, I'm looking right now. They don't have a timeline for Landeskog yet. Uh, he's oh. out indefinitely. Ooh, okay, that hurts. That and Ranton was week to week. Yeah. So, uh, so they'll be off. are going to have to figure something out. Uh-huh. Okay, I think they were uh, trying Kadri on the wing. Yeah, they were. They brought him up. Uh-huh. I saw you picked him up in fantasy. Yeah, I picked him up, yeah. Uh-huh. He's been doing well, and Jonathan Taves had like two points in 11 games. So, <laughs> so I decided to drop him. And now his center's Nathan McKinnon. So, uh, I mean, that's looking good for him. Uh, that's a good opportunity. Chemistry going. Yeah. So he was doing fine centering his own line. No, he was. He was doing well. Uh, good for him. Fresh new look in uh, Colorado from Toronto. Yeah, I don't. I do not miss uh, playing against him. No, I don't. He was yeah. a nasty player. It's weird though. In the two games we've had against the Leafs, like without Kadri there, like it barely feels like the Leafs at all. I don't know because I'm pretty. He'd been the longest tenured one, and he's like for as long as I've been paying any attention, he's been a staple on the Leafs. Mm-hmm. And I just associated him so closely with them. Yeah, this feels like a completely different team. I don't know. And it does, and I think they're missing the a bit of that sandpaper grit. Uh, I know it's an old school thing to say, whatever, whatnot. But uh, I don't know. They, 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 it's just like they, they seem to let teams run over them, you know, physically. That Leafs team. Yeah. On, well, I feel like it's not as much that as it is. Kadri was just, you know, annoying. Yeah, but you know, they don't have that annoying presence anymore. Is what I'm saying. Exactly. But someone who's like annoying and also good. But like a Gallagher. That trade, yeah. Like like that. Well. The trade uh, Toronto made, I still think it was it was pretty good because Tyson Berry was kind of. I still think he's exactly what they needed and need, even though they've had kind of a rough October. Mm-hmm. I think that trade is gonna was the right thing to do, even if they even if they don't uh, end up bringing back Tyson Berry, who's another uh, free agent defenseman at the end of the end of the year. It's a great yeah. class for defensemen this year. Man, I wish we had waited one more year uh, before signing Sherrod. Honestly, I I mean we could have done we could have done fine without him. Oh, I, uh, totally easily, yeah. Just yeah. we probably would be doing better without him because we'd have yeah. Brett Kulak in the lineup instead of him. Exactly, it makes uh, <laughs> that that signing hurts. That signing hurts. Then you you sign even if you, yeah you sign someone from this defensive class and it's looking great, but uh, yeah, now you got venture out for the next four years or something. Yeah, so Yossi's off the market now. Petrangelo, Tyson Berry, Jake Muzzin. Just they're the first three that came to mind. I don't really know if if anyone else is uh, mm-hmm. is off the books this year. I'm gonna check it out though. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna pull up Cap Friendly 2020 2021. Sure. That's a lot of 20s to say. Yeah. Uh, browse by free agents. Uh, you talk about something because there's there's a lot of different filters I have. Okay. Uh, so you wanna? I'll talk about Colorado a bit more. Uh, sure. I'm going to pull up their depth chart for a bit. Uh, and uh, without without the two that are top line, this doesn't look so great anymore. They've got yeah, they've got Kradri, who's great. They've got Jonas Donskoy uh, playing okay, I'm here. List. Okay, you're back? All right. Yeah, so, okay. So here's, here's the list. I, I can't tell what it's sorted by. I, it's sorted by Caput of UFA defenseman at the end of this year. Okay. Alex Petrangelo, Justin Schultz, Tyson Berry, Mike Green, Tori Krug. Zach Bogosian, Andy Green, Sammy Vatnin, TJ Brody, Cody CC, Chris Tanev, Dmitry Kulikov, <laughs> Jonathan Erickson, Jake Muzzin, Marco Scan. Yeah, Brandon Montour's on the list. 
Okay, so this is a very good defensive class. Oh, no, Brandon Montour's an RFA, sorry. Okay, but all those that you just named are UFAs? Yeah. Okay. All the other ones. At least half of them are probably going to end up re-signing with their current team. But but even then, even if you if you go like 60% of those signing their current team, it's still looking uh, like a like a definitely an above average class for defensemen. Uh-huh. At least one of Muzzin or Barry is going to hit the mark because yeah, they can't sign both won't of be them. able to hold on to both. Of them. Yeah, there's no way. No way. No way. Where do you, hmm, it's probably way too early to start talking about a free agency anyway. There was a trade ah, this week not? we could talk about. Okay, sure. Let's go to that. There were actually two trades. But one of them doesn't really matter much. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, well, there's no such thing as a small trade. We can talk about both. Let's talk about both of them. The first, one is Bri- the first one is Brendan Perlini. Yeah, for who, Eric Regula. For Alec Regula. Mm. Who sounds, this, someone said that this sounded like a, a swap of Italian spices. Perlini for Regula. <laughs> oh, that's good. I love that. <laughs> yeah, so Perlini came over to Chicago last year from Arizona with Dylan Strom for Nick Schmaltz. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And initially, I thought that was a big win for Chicago. But it turns out to have been a chunky loss. No, no, not really. Ah, I mean, Nick Schmaltz has been doing really well. Nick Schmaltz has been really... Well, Dylan Strom was really good last year. Yeah. And and I, he's... Because, like, if you remember when that trade happened, Dylan Strom was, like, maybe not even an NHL player at that point. Uh-huh, right. And then all of a sudden, he was their second-line center. So, anyway, we're not talking yeah, about yeah. Dylan Strom. Right. Brendan Perlini was was a high pick in 2014. Uh-huh. And I think he was like a mainstay in the bottom six for Arizona, but in Chicago like it wasn't really working out at all. He was he'd only played one or two games this year. He was scratched okay. for most of the time and he asked for a trade. And right. so he went to Detroit. Oh, well, I guess uh a nice fresh start for him and uh in return they get Alec Regula, who yeah. I think he was drafted last year. Uh, 2018. Okay. So he's a defenseman. He's still in junior. I don't remember what team he's playing for. Uh, uh, when did they pick him? The second round? Third round pick, I think, I want to okay. say. Right. And I think he was hovering about a point a game from what I saw in junior as a defenseman. Okay, so that's a decent pretty, prospect. Yeah, it's another uh, another good addition to the Black Hicks, Blackhawks uh, defensive prospects. Mm-hmm. Because they've got yeah. one of the best. They've got you know Adam Boquist, who was recently called up. Right. Okay, he's in the NHL now. Okay. Yeah, Bocas was just called up. I don't know if he's played yet. I don't. I don't really know. Right. But I know he was called up to uh, to the NHL. Nice. I've got Nicholas Baudin, who was a first round pick too. Ian Mitchell, who was on the uh, last year's Canadian Junior team. Mm-hmm. And they they traded Henry Okaharu over the summer, which was questionable. Yeah, that was a weird trade. I still don't understand what they were going with that. But uh, yeah, Alex Nylander's been all right, but. That one, yeah. that one's probably gonna end up hurting. Yeah, that, that, one, trade, that was weird. And the other trade that happened this week was t- when Tampa Bay traded their third string goalie, former backup Louis Domingue, to New Jersey World for conditional a conditional seven. seventh round pick. Let's go. Yeah. So, so last year Domingue was Tampa's backup. Yeah, and he was pretty bad, wasn't he? No, he, he just, was good. Oh, really? Okay. Or well, maybe, he, maybe they just. Because I, I just remember he was like. Uh, yeah. Because I just remember him winning just basically on the strength of the team. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, maybe he wasn't that good. He would like, give up four goals and win six. But So basically, this summer when Tampa Bay signed Curtis McElhaney, mm-hmm. uh, Louis Domingue tweeted like a gif from some movie. I don't know, like an 80s movie. Okay. Like of a kid getting on a school bus. Yeah. And he's going to sit down and another kid goes, this seat is taken. 
Wow. Okay. Someone <laughs> was salty. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so he cleared waivers earlier this year okay. and went to Syracuse, and now he's going to New Jersey, where he's he's still in the minors with the Devils, at least for now. Yeah. Yeah, well, but I don't know if they'll call him up and maybe. We see if he can, you know, because nothing's really working for the Devils so far, especially in terms of goaltending. Yeah, no, their goaltending's been atrocious. So I think this is an absolute win for the Devils. I know it's, a, it's what we call a small trade, right? But there's no, yeah. there's, there's no way they lose it, right? Because a, exactly. if he plays seven games, which is the condition on this uh, trade, I mean, that's great, right? You have a guy, you, you just traded for a seventh for a guy, for a next year seventh, for a guy who plays seven yeah. games. But if not, exactly. if, it, if they don't, then they don't, they don't give up anything and they get, a, they get a free goal in their system. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Great. Um, and, yeah, so nothing... So Taylor Hall said something also. I don't know if you saw it. About uh, the, nope. the devil. He's, he's a... Uh, so, I don't know exactly what the context was, but he was like, it's a... The quote was something like, it's a battle between us and our fans. Oh, yeah, like, yeah I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were getting... Like, yeah, because they were getting booed off the ice, right? One for three. It's a tie game, and we're getting booed, yeah. Yeah. That, that's someone else who's a UFA this year, and it sounds like someone who probably doesn't really want to stick around. No, he doesn't, eh? Uh, well, that, that'll be exciting to see what happens there. Uh, I'm exci- I think he's going to be a UFA. Montreal, and, Taylor, uh, come to Montreal. Come to Montreal. Let's go, let's go, let's go. We've got come the cap space. Come to Montreal. We can train oh, him that'd be awesome. I don't like him. Uh, <laughs> please. Oh, could yeah. you imagine? Oh, I don't oh, think we be... should. We definitely shouldn't be imagining these kind of scenarios. I think we should imagine it every day from now until July 1st. Why not? I mean, we should imagine it let down because the Habs never sign any big free agents, right? Uh, but still, let's go. Let's go. Yes. I'm on this train now. We should Taylor Hall from Montreal. Write him a letter. We should write Taylor Hall a letter. Yeah, eloquently space Please stated. come to Montreal. We'd we be... would love to have you. You can play with Cole Caulfield. Uh, and how much uh-huh. cap space do we have right now? I think we have like $6 million. Uh, At least. This year, right now. We, so, we're near the top in terms of space right now yeah that's fantastic so uh mm-hmm. okay okay and then we trade away bench route we have 10 million dollars in cap space well, let's go we're good we've got a, max Domi's also going to need a new deal at Aww. the end of this year okay so might be a little hard to but we can figure it out we can make we it work totally figure it out it's the habs let's trade away max Domi. give me, <laughs> give me taylor hall give me Aww. taylor hall yeah so uh something else i wanted to mention that was pretty funny was Ilya mikhaev yeah. Uh, because, you know, how in like one of his first interviews of the year, he said, someone asked him like, oh, what's different about North America from Russia? And he said, oh, no one, no one really eats soup. So now he, he's got a Twitter account and he's, huh? um, he's got a deal and he did a uh, Campbell soup ad. Good for him. Yeah. Beautiful. He tweeted, it was, it was hilarious. Wait, I'm going to pull it up. Ah. Uh, it was something like, I'm going to, uh, I'll just pull it up. Okay, 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 sure. All right. Here it is. Thank you, at Campbell's, for a nice welcome package in the locker room today. I'll be sure to have at Campbell, Campbell Chunky Soup for pregame lunch. And then he ends with, I like soup and you should too, exclamation point. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and there's, look, there's, there's just, he has a picture of a bag full of cans of Campbell soup. Oh, it says welcome cool. on it. And it's like on a counter. Okay, that's 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 beautiful. I love Good it. Good for him making some money off of his. Uh-huh. Look at that. That's Toronto for you, right? You say one thing, you got fifteen different sponsor offers. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so you mentioned last week the Islanders were on a six-game winning streak. Yeah, and they've kept it going. They're on nine now. It's a nine now, and I've still heard very little to nothing about it. That's very true. little. 
little praise. Yeah, which no media and, coverage. Mm-hmm. So so far, it seems like you were right. Let's go. That, let's that go. Robin Leonard was more of a a product of the system because Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grice are both hovering around 9.30 save percentages right now. Mm-hmm. And they have, the Islanders have given up a total of 16 goals over their nine-game winning streak. Wow. Uh, is this where I say I told you so? Uh, if you like to. I told you so. Uh, so, yeah, no, their, their system is fantastic. I mean, Barry Trotz, he won Jack Adams last year. Why not give it to him again this year? Uh, I mean, he coaches that team so well. Because don't you know, the Jack Adams goes to the coach who was a surprise because that's the rule. Right. So he's ineligible. Sorry. Yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, Barry. Sorry, sorry, Barry. Can't, nope. Because no. you were good last year, so you can't be good this year, too. That's not how exactly. it works. You can't surprise us if you surprised us last year, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Don't you know, good coaches, only they lose their power after 82 games. Uh-huh. One season little, of good coaching, and then they're done. You're little cool. known fact. Yeah. Yeah. And For you hockey fans out there. Also, we were talking about the Buffalo Sabres a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, yeah, I, I don't buy it. I don't think when they were at the top of the division, I don't think they're for real. And now they're one in four in their past five games. <gasps> Oof. Oof. Well, uh, well, I mean, I'm not, I'm not cheering for them, right? Uh, let's go Habs. Let's go Habs. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, they look like they've uh, fallen off their little heater there. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, another team that's fallen off is uh, Edmonton. I mean, I think we all saw that one coming, but uh, they haven't. Well, yeah, but uh, they they've yesterday. fallen off a bit. Yeah, but they haven't. Uh, you know, James Neal isn't scoring eight goals in four games, five games. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's that slowed down a bit. We all knew that was unsustainable. Yeah. We, well, yeah. Of, of course. Yeah, but you know, I think uh, it says a lot about the Sabers that I buy into little five-game stretch of one win and four losses. Then I did their whatever it was first twelve games where they were nine and three or I don't know whatever they were. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean mm-hmm. it, that organization is a dumpster fire. So yes. uh, we can't really buy into anything that they sell. Which we have talked. About. Should we talk about Buffalo a little more? Okay. Yeah. So basically, there's this new uh, this new new stuff that came out that he's actually had some kind of injury. Yeah, that... I think it was uh, an ankle injury that they had. He had surgery for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so now they they might end up going to arbitration over the money he's lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it might not have entirely been his decision to sit out, right? Yeah, or his his own personal prerogative. Yeah, and this, is, this has been a weird narrative going. Yeah, so I don't really know, you know, how it's gonna end. I don't, I don't really think he's gonna gonna play. No, I don't think he's playing this season. I mean, they're just they're going to arbitration, right? That's already a bad sign uh, for the salary for that he hasn't played for. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of the Jets' defense, Vili Hainola, who we had we had been raving about before, sent to the minors. Yeah. Do we know what's behind that? Was he just playing poorly? I mean, oh. that, I don't. Yeah. No, he wasn't playing poorly at all. It was just like uh, the right before the nine-game cutoff that would mm-hmm. burn a year of his ELC. Yeah. They decided, eh, let's let's have him develop in the the AHL for a year. Okay, so he's played like what eight games or something, and uh, yeah, they sent him to the minors. Uh, I feel he's pretty impressive, and actually, yeah. he's he's the highest scoring uh, member of that draft class so far. Okay, good for him. What year was it? Twenty sixteen? No, twenty nineteen. Oh, right, he was just drafted last year. What am I saying? Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally forgot. He's uh, got more points right. than Hughes and Kako. Good for them. Good for him. Good for him. Let's go, Vili Hainola. Uh it's... But he's in the minors now, so. Yeah, so I feel like they might be catching up pretty soon. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, 
but now their 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 defense is uh still looking sketching as ever. I think they're playing Lucas Pisa now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not great. Uh, that's kind of that last week. Yeah, we did, and now he's on the roster. So, ooh, that's uh, that's that's good. that's a downgrade if you're asking me. Uh, honestly, I'd keep him up. Um, he's playing solid minutes in the NHL. I probably would have too. Because there, there's this interesting thing with like we're not wanting to burn a year of their contract mm-hmm. because like because sure you'll have them under contract for longer at you know under a million dollars when they're really good. But on the other hand. But they second, have another year to get better. Yeah, their second contract, contract is going to be more expensive and longer because yeah. they'll be better and the cap will have gone up. So mm-hmm. kind of understand both sides to it. And I'd probably I understand lean both toward, sides. Yeah. And with most players, I'd probably lean towards the one where and just burn the year, whatever. It'll be cheaper in the end. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I for me, I, I would I, if they're good enough for the NHL, just put them in. I mean, yeah. you'll just have the contract, and uh, to just it'll just be that much cheaper uh, when you get it a year early. Uh, Simple as that. Exactly. If he, if he's playable, play him. Screw it. I mean, uh-huh. yeah, it's it's totally worth it, especially for a team that's that's trying to contend uh, in Winnipeg. I mean, you need all the help you can get, uh, especially with your decor looking at it. Is you need all the help you can just to make it to the playoffs, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's all hands on deck. Uh, if you're good enough to play in the NHL. You're better than Lucas Biza, which is a very low bar, if you ask me. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah. you should be playing every night. Yep. I tend to agree with you. All right. So so that's our longest episode so far. Mm-hmm. Look yes, at that. We're, we're almost at an hour. Look at that. We'll wow. be back next week, November 10th. Yep. Uh, and the Canadians will have defeated the Boston Bruins and the Philadelphia Flyers and the Los Angeles Kings. Don't you dare jinx it like that. Now we know oh. we're going to come back. To a four-game losing streak, and it's going to be all your fault. Nope, they're going to beat them all. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, iTunes Google, Google Play. Play. If there's anything you like to listen to your podcasts on, uh, just just give us a shout, uh, and we'll try to get it up there. Um, if there's anybody that likes, I don't know, Spotify or something, uh, just just yeah, just text one of us. Uh, if not, you know, or leave a comment. Uh, we'll see either one. Yes. Okay. And uh, we will have intro music and outro music soon, hopefully. Yes. And that's the goal. All right. Thanks for listening.